Blog Talk Radio. Direction we are going. 
introduction. Welcome to the Tipping Point. Uh, I am joined by Mr. Matt Hankins. Uh, how you doing tonight, Matt? You know what? There's power in this house, Larry, and that's all I'm really concerned with. <laughs> <laughs> that's all a lot of people are concerned about these days. I will take it. <laughs> um, I understood that uh, Steve did have his power back on, but I mean, we are, you know, still, there's all kinds of stuff going on, so who knows? That may be why he's not with us. Maybe he'll join us. Hankins here to clean up Steve's mess again. Oh! Seems to be (laughs) a running theme. What else is due? Well, so so, so nice of you to. It was about a year ago this time that we had our, we aired our grievances in public. You know, I don't know. You know, maybe this, maybe he still got it stuck in his car. I don't know. Well, yeah, I guess maybe we'll find out something about that um, this coming Saturday night. I understand that he will be returning to Platinum Championship Wrestling for the first time in a year to be at Sacred Ground. I sure hope so. Um, you know, with everything that's going on, nothing is for certain, for sure. Um, so we will see. What happens? Um, I got a lot of stuff tied up in Florida that I'm, I'm currently checking on right now. So. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Dark Cities, they're down there. Um, Kikyo's coming up. She's down there. So uh, just touching base there, buddy. I don't want to, you know, it, it, it's a hard sort of um, time frame to play with, like, when is it appropriate to ask them, hey, you're going to make this booking when they just went through a hurricane? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little a little bit awkward maybe. Yeah, Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. But we'll see. And if not, you know, I'm not a man who's a stranger to changing on the fly. <laughs> Definitely not. Well, uh, we'll be joined a little later in the hour by uh, Tyson Dean, who will, of course, also be appearing at Sacred Ground and talk a little uh, wrestling with him. Uh, before we jump into Sacred Ground, what's what what are your other thoughts on what's going on in the wrestling world these days? What's on your mind? Man, it's could you imagine that anarchy would have grabbed the world by the throat like they have? Uh, I mean, they have a apparatus that lowers people down from the ceiling. <laughs> even if even if in this case it was a really bad fake, but yes. Yes. Still, the gumption of them, and you know that thing, that wild side thing, yeah. has made it so much harder on the rest of us. <laughs> so much harder on the which you know most of us. While I am very proud of our alumni roster, um, you know we don't get to pull out 
AJ Styles and just dust him off for an unadvertised appearance. We don't, you know, most of us don't have that luxury. But no, I mean, what they're doing over there, and even you know, past the Wild Side Show, what Dan has accomplished through just good quality booking and quality control, and what Rick and his army of productionites have been able to pull off is, it's impressive. I mean, it it really is impressive. Um, Is that support staff out there not the envy of every promotion in Georgia to have all that at your disposal to put on a show? Man, oh man, they did did a great job. I just see dollars in people's pockets like, hey, maybe you you come help me. (laughs) It'd be great. It'd be great if you'd just come help me. Um, But, and you know, the wrestling world, Scenic City kind of blew in a few couple months ago and and sort of lit the fuse, and everybody started realizing, hey, we got some pretty good guys around here. Um, and so yeah. I think we're, we're at a pretty high place right now. Um, everybody's doing what they want to do, and um, there's a lot of fre- – there's a lot more named talent as far as indie names that are floating around again. And I think everybody's, everybody's chomping at the bit and getting after it now. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, this just during this past week, uh, separate from Wildside, which I want to talk about a little bit more, um, you know, Charles at Southern Fried ran on a Thursday night and, you know, did, uh, I guess, about 125 people on a Thursday night in Monroe. That's not too bad and, 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 had, a, and had a good wrestling show to boot. Nothing um, to shake a so, stick at for sure. That's bold, too, man. I, my God, Charles, I think Charles just tries to come up with ideas to see if he can do it. <laughs> just to see yeah. if he can pull it off. Um, every week there seems to be a new show that he's going to try somewhere else. Um, they're hitting all these different places. Now that he's got a ring and he's ready to roll, he's he, he's trying to, to do as much as he can. Um, it's terrifying, but they seem to be just fine with it. Uh, another thing that we didn't get a chance to talk about um, last week was the um, Dragon Con show. Um, were you at that show? I was not. Um, I had, I've been just out of the mix. So I just started a new job. So I'm kind of having to play uh, nice yeah. and not, I don't have all the luxuries that I used to have. And it was just slammed up against the day where I just couldn't get down there, but I had a lot of people on the ground <laughs> and it was, and I was getting angrier by the, as the night went along, like, Oh man, if I'd been off 15 minutes earlier, I could have done this thing. But it, you know, well, other than the crowd size uh, being in a big debate, I think everybody else can agree it was pretty successful. I, I was in the same boat with you that I had to work late Thursday, and I I had missed now in a few years of uh, Dragon Con, and I was already pissed, and then I was really pissed when I heard how good the show was. And a crowd ranging from oh I don't know on the what if I've heard on the low end maybe like three thousand people uh, that they had to open up they opened up the other room which made it just a yeah. massively huge space. Well, the, the pictures uh, so, do it justice. It looked great. Um, you know the first thing I see is Ricky Steamboat standing in the ring and I'm furious at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they go on from there. And you know, good to see. Ox get a little due. Um, good for him. Uh, we honored him first. I just want to put that out there. But good to see Ox get to smile and shake and to take a picture of Ricky Steamboat. You know, it was just like it was a good time for everybody. And I think we all were a little skeptical maybe when it moved to Thursday night. Like, what does that mean? Yes. Um, but it, it means that it's the only game in town, and they get to pretty much fill the building up. The building's going to be full every year, it would appear. 
Well, yeah. After after that showing this time around, yeah, uh, it looks like they they they. I, I can't imagine why they'd move away from it now. Yeah, um, and the talent has finally, I think, understood what it means to do well in that environment. I think for you know the first for some time, maybe guys took themselves a little too seriously, um, and and wanted to go out there and do their wrestling thing, and they didn't adjust to given the fact that some of these people had never seen them, and you know. They're not names to them, and some of these people aren't necessarily wrestling people. They're just there because it's a cool thing to do. And it looks like a lot more people adopted that sort of dragon con mentality of let's go out and put on a goofy outfit if we need to, and let's cosplay a little bit, and let's go have fun, and and the spots will weave their way in where they need to, and we'll get these big reactions from this crowd because we're playing to them and not just doing our wrestling stuff. Right, right. Um. Going back to the uh, Wild Side reunion for a second, um, obviously a great show, uh, and obviously having AJ Styles there was an incredible moment, incredible scene. Um, and he, you know, as I wrote in my report, I mean, he could not have been more accommodating to, to, to people there. Um, you know, just took his time with every single person that wanted his time and wanted to have a photo, an autograph, uh, a selfie, whatever. I mean, it was really, it was really something to be able, it was a great show all the way through. And then to be able to have that moment at the end, yeah, um, was really, really something. And it um, has to be something to him to make the effort to do it, but also to see, you know, obviously where he is now, he's a top five guy, <laughs> in the business, um, and that's probably a conservative estimate. Um, but to also know that this thing that that he launched from, it went on without him, and did well, and people cared about everything that went on that night. Right. It has to right. be a great feeling, you know, to to know that you can leave home, and home is still fine when you go back to it, and you're you're a treat rather than uh, the main entree. Yeah, I mean, if, if for whatever reasons they hadn't been able to work it out, if he couldn't have been there because of WWE, it still would have been a really outstanding reunion yeah, show. Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, and, I was, uh, I was I, getting reports from that thing um, from guys that went up because it was that didn't that didn't know Wildside, and we were getting a lot of reports like, "Okay, who is this last guy?" He's awesome. What's he doing now? <laughs> it was, it yes, was I had several people come up to him who were not familiar with him at all because I don't think he was worked in years, and mm-hmm. saying that like, who's this guy? He's great. I mean, at the, at that at that gimmick, at that character, and I mean, it was really something to see after all these years him come out and do that shtick, and it people went crazy for it, and that he had Adam Jacobs on the other side of the ring who was. To me, was the be- the guy who did it the best with him back in the day. It was mm-hmm. such a treat to see it and to see the reactions of people to it. Um, it, was, it was something else. It really was. Um, I can't believe I, I, I had to read it twice in your report when you said you know that the building. I know they reconfigured and you know they did that to maximize space. I can't believe there was an empty seat in the place. That is hard for me to believe. Um, but you know, all, all the variables that go into that. I think it's shocking that there was even a space open, but I bet you 
when the story is told in 10 years, um, the people telling that they were there that, that night will be in the thousands. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. <laughs> the um, the uh, My report on that show now ranks third all-time on views on the um, Georgia Wrestling History website. Um, the, <laughs> the, the, the two things that are ahead of it are the Steel Horse uh, <laughs> article. <laughs> of course oh, it is. Uh, is, that, is that not something? That is the all-time high, most viewed article. And the second <laughs> is the, is the, um, uh, du- the Dublin debacle last year. Uh huh. Oh, we love a bad story. We yeah, love. Yeah, I was going to say our favorite. <laughs> so I would say this is the most viewed positive story uh-huh. that has ever been on the web, on the website. <laughs> Did you get the feeling from being there um, that the people that put the show on even knew what kind of impact that they had had? I think everybody that I talked to was pretty thrilled. Yeah. yeah, yeah, pretty thrilled with the way that show came across to the people. I mean, and the, yeah, I think everybody knew it was was it was a home run. Yeah, um, and riding around with Shane Marks as much as I have, um, that was he's my touchstone for how big Wild Side was because you know the first time he meets. Jeff Bailey, or the first time we hang out with Iceberg, he's trying to, you know, he's trying to be cool and control it. But on the inside, he's that kid who was staying up late to watch this thing in Philly, and he's now seeing his TV heroes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. It's a, it's a crazy thing. Um, I, was, I was in a conversation with a group of guys once, and they asked, you know, if time and space were no object, um, any place that I could have, I could have managed or you know been a part of. Ever, and Wildside was my answer. Um, I, I just I have this this nostalgia about the thing that I never experienced, never saw a single show, but just from hearing the stories and meeting all those guys after the fact, it just feels like it was the kind of promotion that may could never exist again. Like it might have been the last bastion of whatever that is, where you have exceptional talent who go on to do amazing things. And then you have exceptional talent that just did their thing there and then stopped doing it. Right, right. Yeah, and you had this um, creative environment where you had all sorts of uh, crazy stuff going on that that made TV that wouldn't make TV now. No, Uh, no. uh, Yeah, the stuff they got away with. Doing. Yeah, I just mean, watching you know. the intro clips to one of those shows, right. you'll see a man right. on fire. You'll see a man being run down by a car. And there are stories that I will have people tell me that I've heard a thousand times, but anytime there's a lull in a, in a locker room conversation where we're just sitting around telling stories, I say, hey, tell me that story of the cage match where the guy came from under the ground again. Or tell oh, someone, oh, he's never heard it. <laughs> you know, that is that is so true because I was at the um, Q&A sessions, and most of those stories I'd heard before, but I loved every second of hearing them again about the yeah. various things that went on. Of course, there were some new ones that I'd never heard that were good too, but mm-hmm. um, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was one that was told. Shank coming from under the ground was one that had to be told again. Uh, Sinister Minister's crotch being lit on fire as he's doing the promo, and he doesn't miss a beat. He finishes the promo. Um, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) A lot lot of crazy stuff took place out there. A lot of crazy stuff. Hit that period in time where a lot of those guys are starting to cycle out. You know, out at Scenic City, it was you know the the Tank Invitational this year, um, and getting to see that reaction to him, and getting to be at the Q and A that he and Iceberg did. Um, you just you you can't come away from that with any other feeling than man, um, it will never be that again. It can be good, it can be great, it can be different, but that time. It is gone. We can't get that time back, and we better appreciate those guys while they're around, um, because it's a link to the history that that we're going to miss out if we don't pay attention to it. Well, yeah, and another thing about that is, you know, that that promotion started, you know, '99. You still had real heat and real believers yes. in those early years, and that was a, that was a good portion of that crowd. So you had some really intensely heated situations that just that could just never happen again uh one other thing is i'm so glad they got this uh reunion show done now before more time elapsed and where you still had a lot of the key players could still get in the ring and go and put on a really good wrestling show you know you know how that went with ecw down the line where you know yeah guys are so broken down but that wasn't the case here these guys could still could still get in there and do it. So it was really a, a pleasure on that in that respect too. That you had the you had the you best, look at the, the best of all worlds. or an Adam Jacobs or a Seth yeah. Delay. If any of those guys wanted to make a run at it right now, you know, it, it Slim certainly still is. Um, but Adam Jacobs looks like he could be on TV next week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it is it is such a rare and you hear ninety nine. And you think, well, that wasn't that long ago. And then you do the magazine, oh, my God, it was a long time ago. But in wrestling parlance, it might as well have been in the black and white era. You know, it it, it might as well have been um, world class from the difference in that world and the world we live in now. Yeah, for sure. Hey, so you want to talk a little sacred ground here? I think, uh, you know, I, I don't know if this is Tyson Dean or not. Should we take a chance? You're always taking a chance when you bring a caller on this show. You just never know what what you're going to get. So I'm going to take a chance and and say that uh, we have one of George's top stars, Tyson Dean, joining the tipping point. Am I correct? Yes, sir, you are. And thank God for not letting Matt Hankins play my music. I knew it. I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. It is potluck. I'm as surprised as everybody else whenever Matt Hankins hits play. You know, Tyson, I've always been a DJ at heart, and I just got to feel the moment. I just got to get that crowd going in the direction I need him to go in. Brother, last Saturday it was 1980-something, and we were on Channel 69, Superstars of Wrestling. It was going back. I think I really drove you to – I think I really motivated you to a win in that, Tyson. I think that's oh, that really did. a lot of that credit you goes did. to me. I, I, I think I stiffed him a couple times because of the music you played. <laughs> so how are you guys doing today? We're doing fine. Fill me in on the inside joke here. What what do you what are you guys referencing here? I can't play the okay, right so music to save my life. It used, yeah, Matt messes it up. It, whenever it was the Pimp Juice remix, 
Matt was all good. That's why I think it's on purpose, Larry, because whenever it was Pimp Juice, my music was never wrong. Never all changed it, <laughs> and it's never been it's never been the song I asked for since. I mean, just saying is all, man. You don't mess with a good thing, Tyson. I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm figuring Saturday night if it if it's got to be Pimp Juice, I'll just take Pimp Juice. At least well, I know what's coming. I think I can make that happen. <laughs> but no, like you know, we've had we've had scheduling conflicts with our with our sound guys, and we had a computer fail, and so I, I'm again, Larry, on the fly as usual. And um, I had the thing all ready to go, and the thing just died. And I was like, you know what? I ain't got time for this. I got to figure something out. <laughs> and you know what? I said we needed a hero, and by God, I played we need a hero. <laughs> and I got one. I got Tyson Dean. Hey, we got a, we got a clip. Stuff. We got some on here that's labeled Tyson Dean. I want to see what this is. The champ is here. Uh-huh. The champ is here. Wow. You know what? Maybe it's my fault. I've changed it so many times that I guess I can't remember anybody. <laughs> <laughs> but it's here. So what's, Tyson Dean is so what's, only a uh, couple of days out from his first ever sacred ground. I know I'm excited, Tyson. And uh, given the current circumstances you're in, I didn't think I'd have to root for a man to whoop the hell out of Shane Marks. But I think he needs an attitude adjustment. Man, I know, right? Me and Shane have always been cool, but here lately he's been he's been acting a little off, so I'm I'm really excited. Shane and I have had some, some really good fights in the past and hell, what's a better place to do it than my first sacred ground in a building that I didn't know until tar- talking with Charlie Smith a couple of weeks ago had so much history to it. I was excited just because of the Coliseum feel and look to it. And then after Charlie gave me, you know, forty, you know it. And uh, <laughs> stories about the, the Porterdale. Well, I ain't never wrestled in a building that had Mill Masters and Andre the Giant in it, so that's going to be something else cool. There's something in the bones of that place. Um, Dude, I know I'm people telling think you. it's hyperbole, and people <laughs> think that I'm just promoting my thing, which I am. But I'm telling you, the straight dope. Um, when we walked in there uh, the, the Friday before Sacred Ground last year, um, it was the first time we'd gone in at night. The lights were on. We're setting up the chairs. We're building the ring frame. And we just had to stop and all kind of look around like, guys, this is – something's up. Um, there's a feeling in here that you that is, is tangible. Like, this thing's going to be great. Um, oh, and I think that the building kind of brought everybody to game up last year. Um Dude, they had me hyped. I remember I was telling you, I, I don't know if I was like, like, I was in Florida or Louisiana or something. And I was either waiting for my match or it was done or something. And I'm scrolling through Facebook and everything. I start seeing these pictures and like, it was the scene that stopped me. I didn't even realize what show it was. And I was like, man, where the hell is that? And got to looking and I'm like, God dang, man, here I am, six to eight hours from home. This place is 10 minutes off my doorstep and I'm, I'm missing out. I could have been a part of that at home by 10 o'clock. Exactly. It's right there. So, yeah, man, it's uh, it's something. But, you know, Tyson Dean's a busy man, so I'm glad we were able to get him. What else you got going on? Oh, man. So we got Sacred Ground this Saturday. Um, we're doing the open house at the Good Brothers Dojo from 11 to 1. Um, excited, you know, to get people to come out and um, see the facility, hang out with Luke, um, you know, stuff like that. And then we'll be heading down to Sacred Ground going down with Shane Marks. I'm super excited about that. And then Sunday, 
wrestling for the other PCW in Athens, um, tagging with Andrew Duckworth against uh, Glacier and QT Marshall. Look at this guy. That's going to be some fun, man. (laughs) I've I've teamed with Glacier before. I ain't never been across the ring from him. I'm I'm excited. Hell, I'm excited for wrestling, man. This stuff you guys were talking about, it's like – just just the atmosphere of wrestling in Georgia is like has just changed so much and even just the time that I've been around, you know, where you don't see like I remember when I start, you'd always hear these guys talking about the heat they had with each other. And I'm like, man, for what, dude? Just get out there and let's all make this thing work together, you know? And uh now you got that. You got such a camaraderie in in all the locker rooms I'm in anyway, that like everybody's out there, they're watching each other, they're encouraging one another, pushing, trying to top it and just all over, there's some really excited thing, exciting things going on and being put on, and um, just you know, just that I'm excited for that. And then next weekend, um, I'm wrestling in Alabama against uh, Doctor Tom. That's gonna be pretty <laughs> scary. I'm excited. Oh yeah, yeah. It, I, I wanted to ask you about that, Tyson. In, in, the poster shows Jimmy Golden, Robert, and Ron Fuller on there too. Is that for real? Yeah. Yeah, the last Continental reunion, they uh, they were out there. Uh, I don't remember. Robert and Ron did a little something, but then uh, they had um, yeah, Jimmy Golden was there, and then I'm thinking, of, God, they'll kill me for not remembering the guy's name. He looks like the he looks the way how the Ultimate Warrior looked whenever he passed. Big jacked up dude. Um, he he was on there also, and God, his name's slipping me. But uh, I kind of went blank on the poster whenever they, they hit me up and they were like, hey, you, you good with working with uh, Dr. Tom September 23rd? I'm like, well, that's about the dumbest question I've been asked in a long time. <laughs> like, who says no to that? I answer the phone and say yes anyway, but who in the hell would say no to that? Really? Really? I mean, I mean Continental's having this weird resurgence um, that I think that a lot of us just kind of forgot how great it was. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, we remember sort of the dying days when things had switched over. But I got into a big kick, and, I, you know, that's what I grew up on. I didn't know it. Um, I was so young that it was, I grew up, you yeah. know, it was just wrestling. But I was, yeah. you know, in northwest Alabama, so that's what I saw. And, man, it, so much great went on there. And it was one of those places where, you know, you did have that real heat, that real live heat. Um, and it, it's so good to see it back. And I think you fit in perfectly with that bunch, too. I appreciate that. I mean, like, the fans there really want to um, – you can you can wrestle a, a higher-impact match, and they'll, they'll appreciate that. But then they enjoy Southern wrestling also, if you want to go that route. You know, I mean, they're – they're easily entertained. They just they just want to come and be a part and live that. Because I mean, I grew up on the same thing like you were talking about, and um, you know they they want to be in on that. They want they that's what they what they want to see. You know, I mean, even hell, my first match ever with Continental was <laughs> with Chick Donovan, and Chicky um, Baby don't experience. bump. Yeah, I found that out, <laughs> which is fine until you start calling things that looks awkward not to. <laughs> now, actually, so there's a story for that one. God bless Chick. I love him to death. He's a great guy. Um, you know the thing you always say to me about to say something shitty about somebody. Uh huh. Oh. But that um, it's like on the way down there, 
uh, I rode with Charlie Smith and Bobby Simmons and Scrappy McGowan. And uh, so just the stories, I mean, like they could have, I could have got there and they could have said, hey, okay, we don't have anything for you. And I'd be like, oh, that's cool. I'll go sit with Charlie. Because the stories were like just awesome. You know, you couldn't pay to be a, to get those, that experience on the way down there. And so anyway, uh, we're riding along and Charlie goes, who are you working with, sir? And I said, well, uh, think Chick Donovan. He goes, why? And I said, well, I think they booked me with. And he goes, he goes, I said, I think I could have a good match with Chick. I don't know. I saw Flair not do it in the 80s. And I said, I, I think I can do it, man. I, I'm telling you. I said, I said, we're both tan. I got gold boots, Charlie. I think we can pull it off. And so we get there. We do the match. And I mean, like, it was what it was. It was all right. You know, the, the finish didn't go exactly as planned, but it, it was okay. And people were entertaining. That's what's important. So anyway, I'm walking back to the locker room and everything. I walk past Dennis Gale, and he stops me, and he says, son, that's the best I've seen Chick Donovan look in quite a long time. And I said, man, that means more to me than you know. If you'll walk right over there and tell Charlie Smith the same thing, it'd make my day. And kept on going. Yeah, Continental. That was my first uh, road trips because we got we got uh, that here on that wrestling block that ran on Saturday night in Atlanta. Uh, mm-hmm. Joe Pettisino and I, we I got we drove over there a few times to see some of those shows in Birmingham. I had some some good memories of those shows. Uh, the one that always sticks out is Eddie Gilbert wrestling in a cage match, and with Missy Hyde in in sitting in his corner filing her fingernails. That was, <laughs> and that's all she needed little, to do. That's all she needed to do, right? Isn't it crazy right. how much Never simpler looked. things were back then, though? Like she had a little hand purse that, man, I'd have bet you a dollar against a donut hole when I was a kid. Missy Hyatt will lay you out with that Gucci bag. Absolutely. And you never even questioned it. Absolutely, I did. I'll never like once every other month. I have to watch. Um, I need to talk to Tom. <laughs> when the dirty white girl's got that black eye. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite things that ever happened. Um, they tear up the backstage. They hang Tom. It's just great. Um, we I watched it here not too long ago, um, and my my wife was watching. You know, she didn't grow up around wrestling. She just knows mm-hmm. what's going on. And you know, it stopped her. Like, what is happening? Like, yeah, this is how it felt. And also, I was terribly in love with the dirty white girl, but scared to say it out loud because I thought the dirty white boy might hear me. <laughs> even today, even right now, I looked around when I said it. <laughs> I think you can take him now, Maddie. No, Tyson. I don't know. Pretty strong. <laughs> hey, so... Uh... What else can you tell us about Sacred Ground, Mr. Matt? I can tell you that I am as happy with this card as it has laid out. I've been with anything I've done thus far at PCW, and I've been happy with a lot of things. But I think that this is the year that everybody who put in the effort throughout the year gets to have a spot. It's not just, hey, go out in the Battle Royal. Um, you know, we've, we've told the stories, and that's hard to do, as you guys both know. 
Um, it's hard to make all the dates line up, and it's hard to make everything fall into place because this will happen and that will happen. But I laid the card out probably, I don't know, um, three weeks after last Sacred Ground, give or take. And aside from one thing, I hit every one of them. Not bad. Hit every one of them. Um, and I'm really there's not a, there's not a dull spot on it. Um, everything people are paired up the way they need to pair up. I mean, Tyson Dean and Shane Marks are on the undercard. Just yeah, we might have been undercard. Um, and in a thing that's just getting heated up, you know, mm-hmm. just getting that thing rolling. We're just getting started with that. Um, Blaze versus Jeter is something that I didn't want to do ever. I never wanted to do it because I thought. Well, I hope Blaze brings some track shoes. Oh my God, Tyson! You were out there as a big <laughs> angry man. You were out there, Tyson. Did you think yeah, he... in your wildest dreams, and everybody's out there brawling? that the next thing would happen was a 747 would come through the middle rope and try to get it Brian Blaze. Man, hell no. I was shocked. Like, I looked up, and the lights went out. It's because Jeter had blocked everything whenever he was sailing through the sky. And then whenever he landed, I'm standing. Marks pops back up, and I'm like, well, hell, I'll hit Marks again. <laughs> Nailing him. I just wanted to get the hell away from Jeter. Like, that dude is angry. I don't know who he's angry at. I know Blaze he's angry at Blaze. There ain't no telling who he's swinging at. He about took little squeaks out whenever he's getting up. And, and Jeter's got that lineman speed, son. You put him yeah. in the NFL, coming off the line, he's going to grab something. He ain't going to beat you in the sprint down the field, but he's going to catch you inside of 10 yards. And, <laughs> you know, he and Blaze has been a unit. As much as any other tag team around, they've been a cohesive mm-hmm. unit forever. And, and all the strengths and all the weaknesses of each other. And you could see it building. You know, in retrospect, looking back, I could see it happening. I could see that last year when Jeter let his, let his ego, let his competitive drive get the best of him. After he'd beaten Gunnar Miller, Brian Blaze was the only one telling him, do not let him challenge you again right now. Because last year, Jeter beat Miller. He's the only person who have pinned Gunnar Miller since he's been in PCW. But Gunnar challenged him again right then, and Jeter accepted. And, you know, Blaze threw his hand up and left. And, you know, okay, they're having some issue. They're friends. They'll work it out. And then, you know, when you're sitting around in the locker room, they bicker a little bit more. They argue a little bit more, you know. Everybody's laughing at something. You look over and Blaze is not laughing at it. And, uh, well, you know, they've been together a long time. You know how it is with your friends. Sometimes you just get sick of each other for a little while, and you calm down, everything's fine, and then mm-hmm. then it happened. And that chair shot is as bad a thing as I've ever heard in that building. I mean, it was, it was no uh, – he didn't pull anything back. It was everything he had. It was all those years of, of pent-up frustration. At You know, Brian Blaze is overlooked. That's just the, the long and the short of it. He's been overlooked his entire career, and a lot of it has to do with the fact he tagged with just what Tyson just said, a six-foot-something 
monster who can move in the ring, who can wrestle with the best technicians, who can do everything. And Brian was sort of looked at as the tag-along. And it all boiled over. And then Brian understood the one thing was that he, that he knew better than anybody else was how to get under Jeter's skin. And so when Jeter doesn't want to fight him, Brian figures out the way to make him fight him, and that's to threaten his daughter. Jeter's in a steel cage wrestling ERC, and Brian's outside with a chair threatening to hit his daughter, and he gets the match. And then he starts to duck and hide to get him even more riled up. So I don't know what Blaze would have planned for Sacred Ground, but I guarantee it's something because that's where he understands. Let's be honest. Power for power, there's nobody in this state who can stand in there and just go with Jeter. If he's in a rage, he's physical enough to manhandle anybody. We've seen him do it. But Blaze has an edge on him in that he can, he knows how to work him. And I am terrified, honestly, of what's going to happen in that thing because those are two PCW originals. And one of them may never be back after Sacred Ground, just quite honest with you. It could get that ugly. Um, we could all be put in a situation where something very, very bad happens. That's a big proving ground. You know, listening to you, I haven't really thought about it. That's a big proving ground for Blaze. Because, I mean, you can take that Absolutely. all the way back to the to the gorillas and everything where, mm-hmm. I mean, Jeter came into the group and everything, and Blaze, I think, had been there beforehand. Uh-huh. And whenever you had Jay and some of the guys that were there beforehand, you know, they were – it was kind of like the younger guys were having to fight for their spot and everything. So, I mean, you can see where there's some – a lot of deep-rooted emotions that go way back that they'll they'll come out Saturday night. I mean, yeah, it, you it, pop, it's going to be pop the bottle on that. That's going to be ugly. It might be exciting for a time, but it has the very uh, very good potential of getting ugly and getting uncomfortable, and it wouldn't surprise. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. One of those things. Yeah, yeah it gets, you, it's kind of like looking at car crashes after a while. You're like, oh god, I shouldn't be looking at this. <laughs> exactly. Now speaking of car crashes. Um, this is the first year ever we'll have a secondary title on the line. You know, that was – I'm glad Steve's not here because I'm sure his, <laughs> his head would have exploded just then <laughs> by me even saying it. But that was one of – I don't want to say it was one of his rules, but that was certainly one of his um, – an edict that he, he stuck very close to. One title. One title. And I don't disagree with it, but at the same time, I had a group of hungry, hungry guys that wanted something to fight for. And they, they wanted something that they could say that they earned. Because if there's just one title, then that means there's only one guy at a time who can get a shot for it. And we don't give out title shots down there. You know, the, once the champ has his thing, somebody's going to be proved that they're, you know, worthy of, of, of challenging for that title. Um, and so we introduced the Platinum States belt. And Blaze, oddly enough, was the first guy to win it. And it passed to Brian Kane, and then Gil Quest got it. And Gil's had it for months. Um, and those guys, there's so many guys who want to fight for it. I said, you know what? Why don't I let them fight for it? All of them fight for it at once. How am I going to do that? We're going to have a 20-minute scramble. We're going to put 20 minutes on the clock. And the last man holding the title, when it's over, walks out with it. And it's five guys that I have announced. Um but I did get a confirmation earlier from a little surprise that might just show up in that match too. Mm. Oh, I like surprises. I know. I'm pretty excited about this one. Um, And then having Dark City Fight Club, 
be a part of your event. You have hey, to before you move it. away from before you move away from the the platinum belt. Though, I mean, tell me that had been the shot in the butt that Gil Quest needed. I mean, that dude. Whenever he got that, I was kind of like, oh, that's cool, man. You know, I, mean, I was proud for him and everything. But then, like, he's picked up a swagger and an attitude in the past few months. That every time he hits the ring and he's defending his title and everything, he's carrying himself in a way that you can see he's, he's going in with the confidence that a champion needs to walk out at the end of the night with with his title. Because, I mean, that dude, he's he's like a pit bull, man. He's driven now. You're going to have to you're gonna have to fight to take it off his plate. You know, I don't know that any of those guys in a one-on-one scenario could scratch and claw hard enough to get it away from him. I think he'd then die in there to keep that belt Mm -hmm. You know, he loses Mm -hmm. his champion's advantage in that regard in this match, but at the same time, like you just said, I think of the guys who have had that title, that title has meant the most to him. He goes nowhere oh, without it. He'll defend it anywhere at any time. And, you know, uh, kind of a lot of those same things I said about Blaze apply to Gill, um, that you get so used to, especially here and now in our time, you get so used to good hands just being around. Now, mm-hmm. you, you, you interject Gill Quest into the Georgia wrestling scene four or five years ago. Gill's probably working up top everywhere because – we were a little. We, we didn't have quite as much talent that had. You know, a lot of these guys have matured into great roles. Um, but you mean to tell me Gil wouldn't have been just as good if if he had been in Wildside and he'd had those opportunities then? Um, you know, he had his runs with Peach State, had his runs with with uh, Southern Pride, and he was always a guy who felt like he didn't get his just desserts. And now that he's got that title, he's got something to prove. And so yeah, you're absolutely right, Tyson. You're a hundred percent right. He is. He's my pick coming out of it because I don't know if anybody can can get it off of. I really don't. Um, it's gonna be hard. And yeah, Man, who, who are the other guys? Who are the other guys in the oh, we're gonna So Brian Kane, um, Dominic Stuckey, who is a young kid who is. I just I, every time I think, all right, he's he's hit the wall of what he can do. He'll figure out a way to break through. And he's also a kid that was trained by Iceberg, so you know that there's something <laughs> that there's something underneath that could be evil. Um, <laughs> C.B. Suave, who is the Quest's partner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, C.B., who is another guy who's just like Gil, who could want to make a stand for himself. And then um, the former, Mr. Eric, currently going by ERC, is the other guy who's in there. And while I despise that it took him pairing up with Jonathan Malik and taking some shortcuts along the way, I can't, if I'm being, um, if I'm being professional, I have to say it is amazing to see the difference in him last year versus this year. Um, he has worked hard to get to where he is. And if a guy, no matter what the circumstances are, if you get in a cage with Jeter, and you come out of that cage and get your hand raised, then you've done something. <laughs> That's the long and short of it. And he has done just that. Um, so those are the five that have been announced, and I can tell you those aren't the only five who will be in the match. Yeah. And then Bullets versus Dark City Fight Club, what else do I need to say about that? <laughs> what, what more needs to be said about that thing? Um, 
because they've already tore it up once. And this was one of those years where it just didn't make a lot of sense to try to run some other, to try to have a full tag team season because the Bullets had proven that they were the best. And we started it down the road, and they beat everybody. And I said, you know what? You beat everybody, but the team that gave you a fit was Dark City, and you had to go underhanded to beat them. So let's just do that one again. People seem to like it. I, I wasn't there. I was in Florida the day it happened, so selfishly, I want to see the match live. So. <laughs> well, you know, you, you should want to see it because it was an excellent match, and I wasn't happy about not having a tag team season and not having a tag team season finale at Sacred Ground. But but when you made the match Bullets versus Dark City Fight Club, well, all is forgiven because that – that that's going to be excellent for sure. Yeah, for I'm sure. not worried about that in the least. And I can tell you right now, I've already started piecing together tag team season for next year. So we're back in a full swing next go round, but it just didn't line up this year. And clearly we had already seen, you know, the NBA is like that. Um, we knew at the beginning of the season it was Cavaliers versus Warriors. And we should have just skipped everything in the middle, <laughs> played seven games and been done with it. So when you see clearly there's two teams that you've got your mitts on and they're the best, then let's just do it. And next year we'll let somebody else prove if they're the best. And then, you know, like I said, we, I keep talking about all this stuff, and I got Tyson Dean and Shane Marks in my back pocket. <laughs> and, and it's not just, hey, let's have an exhibition. Fourth of July, the other big show, um, Tyson Dean has taken Gunnar Miller to the limit, and we think Shane Marks is coming out to keep him from getting further injured, and he puts one on Tyson's jaw, and then he mushes me in my face. So we're both kind of aggravated at that, Tyson. I'm sure you are. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. I mean, I, I mean, that's what I said, dude. I mean, I had to, aside from, you know, going to hell and back with Gunnar Miller on July 4th, I mean, Shane pulls that stunt, and I mean, I meant that, dude. I left with my head hanging and pissed off and, a lot of embarrassment. I mean, I looked over at my son crying in front yeah. row, you know, seeing his daddy get done like that. And I mean, man, that boy had never had to see anything like that. And so, I mean, you know, I'm laughing it up and everything right now, but yeah, come, come, uh, Saturday night, Shane Marsh better have his, his I'm trying to keep him cussing a whole lot. He better have his ducks in a row. That belongs to me. When, I mean, that's, when that's done, we ain't coming to yeah. wrestle, we're going to fight. When that sun starts to dip, all the frivolity um, and the locker room start to separate, all the frivolity will be over with. And, you know, you mentioned Gunnar Miller. Shit, what – here's what I hate about Gunnar Miller, having to admit that Jeff Bailey was 100% right. When Jeff G. brought him in last year, he told us what was going to happen. He said he was going to stay out of it. He was just there to guide him in the right direction. He wasn't going to interfere. And for the most part, he didn't. And, you know, Jeter did get the best of him, but he still had enough to get back on his feet and take advantage of the situation. And he'd left there with that title. And he has not been uh, – he hadn't been pinned yet. <laughs> Nobody's beaten him. And is certainly he's been tested – but there's not been too many times where I was like, uh-oh, this might be the thing. It always feels like he has another gear. And I got to see that in, you know, every week at our shows. And then I got to see him stomp through Scenic City. Um, and it took, it took one of the better matches you'll see in this state this year, or anywhere else for that matter, to finally pin him. And I know he's still spoiling about that, too. 
he's still mad at Matt Riddle. So everybody you put in front of him is Matt Riddle at this point. So that's what he's going in with. And he takes on Bill the Butcher. And, you know, Bill, it's not like you get to talk to him or anything. Um, And you never really kind of know where Bill is leaning. But I can tell you this much. The people of Porterdale absolutely love him. They they adore him in a way that very few people have been able to to grab that crowd. Um, PCW is is unique in the fact that we can do everything we want to do to position someone a certain way. You know, we can give them the big production, and we can give them cool music, and we can play the right music for them from time to time. Play um, the wrong music. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we can do everything, and we can set them up to say, no, look, guys, look, this guy's really good, and, and this is this is the guy you should get behind. Sometimes they don't give a shit. Nope, not dealing with him. Ain't doing it. But Butcher, through every, you know, when he was guided by the carpenter, they hated him. But as soon as he broke free of that, it allowed them to love him. And he is probably, you know, if we started to do the math on it, Butcher's probably been the guy, during my term as as Booker of this thing, he's been the guy who's been there the most consistently. And he's finally got his shot. And he's got a chance. But look look at the shot he gets. It's the former Scenic City winner the current Triple Crown champion, the current PCW champion, the guy who everybody says is anointed and is going to be the next big thing everywhere. That's what Butcher gets. That's his reward for just, you know, churning through PCW. That's his reward. Um, you know, the advantage a guy like Bill has, though, he's not going to, you know, somebody like myself, that might play into it, and, you know, I might think about that. But yeah. Bill's not going to think about that. He ain't give shit. No. He's just showing up to fight. And I'm I mean, Gunner, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to swing this chain and I'm going to bust you in the mouth, do something about it. Yeah. Up to you. And, and, and I mean, he's a guy that's just there. as strong as Gunner. Freaky strong. I don't think he knows how strong he is, and I don't think we've seen how strong he is. Uh-uh. I'll tell you this that's, much. He got in there with Tank in a cage and walked out. Yeah, yeah. Tell me how many people do that. <laughs> Tank I mean, like, that's a dude that, like, the first – the first time I ever locked up with Bill, I'd seen him, you know, I was like, man, that's a big dude. But, I mean, the first time I grabbed him, I had one of those, ooh, God, kind of moments. Cause I yeah. thought, boy, you, you might have bet off something you didn't want tonight. Yeah. And, like, he's same thing with Gunner. But, I mean, like, Bill's going to be there hole for hole, shot for shot. And, I mean, the, the best shot Gunner's got, and I hope that Jeff's coaching him up for that this week. He better make it a wrestling match because if he if he makes it a fight, he's that might be where he's messing up. That is where Bill's advantage lies, and and you know Bill is sudden. They're fast, and he might not be fast, but he is sudden. When he decides to strike at something, mm-hmm. it's like a damn snake. And and there are things in his arsenal that if he hits you with, that this lights out. It's a wrap. And I know they both have hard over. spears, and Bill can knock you in the middle of next month with his too. Can't wait! I'm I'm getting excited just talking about it as a as a fan. <laughs> it's like I can't wait to see this thing. I can't wait to see what happens. Um, and we got our platinum roll as always, and we've got the added bonus this year of a big six man between the young bloods who want so desperately to break through. You know, they've been guys that have kind of they've been here a little while, and they 
you know, we can't get them back. And then, but we finally worked everything out. They want, they've been at it always. We want a shot at sacred ground. We want a shot at sacred ground. I said, okay, I think we know the thing. And had one idea, and you know how wrestling goes. They come into it, and they get into it with Stunt Marshall. They get into it with Cameron Jackson, and they pick up uh, another guy, and then you know, Joey Sparks comes in, and, <laughs> and now it's time to fight. So we've got a six-man. I don't know what in the world is going to happen. Just, it's going to be a fight. I can guarantee you that. Um, and, you know, that's sacred ground, man. And just to be able to lay it all out, I'm really, really happy with how everything's shaking out. Um, right now, the storms have moved through. Looks like we should have clear skies. I've got some contingency plans in the work just in case. But it's all right here in front of us to have a really good show. Yeah, I was going. I was going to say the forecast now is for a beautiful night, Saturday night, for a beautiful night for wrestling at the um, Porterdale Gym. So yeah, I mean, yeah. sounds real good to me. I'll be there. We learned our lesson from last year to to not. Uh, to start after the sun starts to dip, so everybody knows right off the bat, 8 o'clock is when the okay. official sacred ground kickoff is. Um, maybe we'll have a, a, a sort of a warm-up match before then, so make sure you get there early. Make sure you get a seat, because I cannot guarantee you one. <laughs> um, you better get there and find one, because I think that it's going to really be something special. And, you know, we always have our honoree. I'm going to keep it close to the vest this year, because I want it to be a surprise to that person. Um, but I am very excited about the chance to honor somebody that I truly admire and love and can't wait to do it. So, so I'm Johnny Danger's the host. I mean, come on. What do you want from me, folks? I've given you all I can give you. Shit. Don't let him dance. <laughs> God's sake, don't hey, let him dance. Oh, no, he's got a new knee, Tyson. He's got a new knee. Oh, well, let's don't kill it. Shit. Let's get in and get going before we break it. Hey, before before we go, um, on a more serious note, uh, Matt, what can you tell us about uh, uh, Big Wood? How's he doing? Um, Woody is feeling good. He had some health issues that were, I think, a little more serious than we wanted them to be. But he did the right thing and wasn't stubborn this time and didn't wait too late. Got in the doctor. I think they went in there and, and got him right. And last time I saw him, I think he was standing on the beach. So I think my buddy's bouncing back. All right. Well, uh, we will be back on the tipping point next week. We're going to make it four weeks in a row. Unbelievable. We're going to, and we're, we'll be interviewing Mr. Drew Blood in advance of the Southern Fried Crossroads show the following Saturday. But this Saturday, the place to be is in Porterdale for Sacred Ground 8. Uh, thank you, Tyson Dean. Thank you, Matt Hankins. And to all, a good night. We thank you for listening to this broadcast, a production brought to you by the GWH Radio Network. Stay tuned to GeorgiaWrestlingHistory.com for the latest information on upcoming events and more. As always, we thank you for your continued support.